we've got uh, some students coming out to do camp testimonies now and, and I wasn't sure when all this was happening I would ask them like do you mind speaking in front of people and they'd get like really nervous and when the morning finally came I feel like I'm a lot more nervous than they are almost for them kind of thing so y'all uh, y'all be real good to them uh, this is Brooke Yancey coming to give a camp testimony um, hi good morning hope everyone's awake somewhat uh, I'm, my name is Brooke, I'm a dancer and a swimmer, I'm 15 and I've attended CLBC for the past two years and I can honestly say that it is one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. I feel like sometimes Bible camps get kind of a reputation for being like strict and boring and you know not fun. That's not the case at all. That is like the biggest lie ever. <laughs> um, I love all the activities and stuff. They're just so much fun, especially lake time. Lake time is my personal favorite. And we get to stay up late every night. Who doesn't love that? What teenager doesn't love to stay up late? Um, I also love the fact that we do it in big groups. And it's most of the time with people that I've never met before. And it creates a great opportunity for people who are in like different cliques or age groups or just people who might not otherwise be able to speak to each other. It gives them the opportunity to create bonds and stuff. Um, I met one of my best friends at my team at camp last year and we kept in touch after camp and we kept growing closer and we still grow closer every day and we um, we use our relationship to keep each other focused on God, and that has helped me so much. God will give you partners in life if he knows you need them, and that's what I needed, and he delivered. He gave me one of the most amazing people in my life, and, you know, that changed my life. And I've learned so, much, so many things about the Bible and God and Jesus, I've learned a lot about Jesus' character, which has helped me to grow my faith in him because the Bible tells us exactly who Jesus is. And by learning who Jesus is, that also helped me learn my identity as a Christ follower. And one of the coolest things about the teaching here is that this might not sound good, I guess, but they don't sugarcoat it. So many things are sugar-coated nowadays, but they tell you exactly what you need to hear. It's not exactly what you want to hear, it's what you need to hear. And it's convicting sometimes, but the conviction is what helps bring the growth and the change. And one of the things that convicted me at camp last year was, it was the last night of 2020 CLBC. They talked about how so many countries and places don't have the opportunities that America has to learn about God and have relationships with Jesus. We're free to go to church when we want. We can buy Bibles and devotion books and study books just like with a tap of a finger or just go to the store where there are these countries out there that don't even know God exists because they have nothing, no proof, no Bibles, no nothing. So that really convicted me. It really helped me realize how blessed we are and I am to live in America where we can access so much stuff to help us learn about Jesus. And 
I really love the conversations I had with some of the counselors and people that work at camp. They're so open and honest and they show no judgment and they just show love and it really amazes me. It, it changed my life. And I love that throughout the day, it's Jesus is the focus of everything. He's being worshiped constantly through songs and prayers and more songs and more prayers. And it's amazing. The fellowship with other believers, it's honestly, it's indescribable. It's truly wonderful. So in summary, um, camp is a wonderful, wonderful place. There are so many wonderful people. It helped me grow my relationship with Christ exponentially. And I would love if you would send your kids to this camp so they can have a life-changing experience like I had. And a huge thank you to Pastor Jeff, Mrs. Sarah, Peter, and Megan, and everyone else that helped make this camp possible. It changed my life. Thank you so much. Hello, everybody. My name is Sammy Spivak, and I will also be giving a camp testimony for the wonderful CLBC sign-up May 1st. Um, so my father passed away when I was super young, around three years old. And it was always something that I struggled with. I never really understood why. I mean, I was three, and I never really, it never really seemed fair to me or my mom or my brother. It felt like that I was being punished for something that I never did. Um, you are always told, like, if you punish a baby for something, they're not going to know why they're being punished. So, I mean, there's really no reason for it. And so that continued, and that confusion and uh, slowly began to grow into anger and con or resentment towards God. And it just built up, built up, built up. And I was always, I never fell away from my faith, and I never felt like I was, um, I never believed in God and that I never loved God. I just, there was this part of me that I never understood and that I truly felt like was just unfair. I, don't, I didn't think I deserved it. Um, and so one year at camp, I was talking to one counselor and I think this was two years ago and I was struggling with this pretty hard at the time. It was when I was not living here. I was living in Roswell, Georgia and he essentially told me that um, a lot of the times God puts us through trials and everybody's trials are different. So my personal trial wasn't that I had a lack of faith or that I'm not saying my faith is perfect, but I just never felt that I was falling away in that, ten, in that sense to God. But he had to put a trial in my life of some sort to test my faith towards him. Also, I was always told, and it's always been super helpful for me, that I found out there is that that struggle and that um, pain of the loss of a parent that I went through is something that so many other people face, and people face so much worse than that. But that simple part of my life could potentially, it hasn't really come up yet, but really could potentially allow for a witnessing opportunity. And that's one way that you can always look at your struggles is God can use all everything that he does to good, whether you see it now or if I don't see it for 20, 30 years, it will be used for good and in his favor. 
And yeah, I mean, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. If y'all want to prepare your hearts for worship, I think the worship team is about to come out. If you guys would stand with us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for allowing us the time to worship you. Um, Thank you for Youth Sunday, for just a staff that allows the youth to express their faith and to just glorify you with the, the gifts we've been given and to just use those as an offering. And I just pray that you would be with the message you would be with worship and you would allow um, just the truth of your, your word and your son and everything you've done to just be magnified, and that we could just praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Sing How Great the Chasm. How great the chasm that lay between us. The mountain I could not climb in desperation. I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore shadows of my soul. The work is finished. The end is written. Jesus Christ, my Such boundless grace, the God of ages, stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has broken, I am forgiven, the King of kings calls me. Salvation 
to all the times you've seen the Lord faithful in your lives. He is a good and faithful Father. We praise Him for that. If you all would grab a seat. Um, this next song just kind of walks through uh, what Christ did for us. Um, and so I'd love it if you guys would worship with us, but if you'd also reflect on what He's done in your life, His faithfulness, His goodness, and ultimately His salvation. Can't be 
Father, we thank you so much for just the freedom to be here. We know that all around the world, people are being persecuted for just worshiping you or recognizing you as our Savior, but we experience freedom here. We are so, so grateful for that. Um, we thank you for the ability to praise you and to worship you in all that we do. We thank you for your calling to freedom and for being a God so worthy of our worship. We thank you for the cross, for salvation, for everything that you've ever done for us, Lord. We are so far from deserving, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We got Court Over bringing the word today, if y'all would give him a welcome.
morning. How are we this morning? Um, we just got word during worship that Jordan Kelly just went into labor. Uh, her water broke, so I just asked that you guys would be praying for her um, as she's going through labor and stuff. I know Zach and Abby just did that, so they know that's a lot of fun. Um, for those of you guys who don't know me, I am Pastor Jeff and Miss Sarah's son. Um, so if you guys want to know any embarrassing stories about them, I'm definitely your guy. Um, I'm also a senior at Union County High School, um, so that means that everyone asks me what my plans are after I graduate high school. Uh, so when Peter asked me if I would speak today, I just saw an opportunity to tell everyone at once what my plans were, and then I wouldn't have to tell each individual person. So here it goes, and if it sounds a little rehearsed, it's because I've told a lot of people this before. But my plan is, in the fall, I'm going to go to Western Carolina University and get a degree in natural resource management. From there, I'll go into the Forest Service and hopefully become a wildland firefighter. And again, if that sounds a little bit rehearsed, it's because this is not the first time that I've said it. Um, so moving forward, I want you guys to give me a little bit of grace. My primary public speaking experience was an online class for public speaking, which to me sounds a little bit like an oxymoron. Um, I'm not sure how you can speak publicly online, but what I would do is I would go into a room with like a couple other people so that I had an audience and I would record myself speaking and some of the guys out here in the audience today were um, a part of those audiences and it was very awkward, so hopefully we do a little bit better this time, but if I can do it in front of a phone camera, then I'm sure I can do it in front of a couple hundred people, right? Um, so before we get started, I want to pray um, and then we'll jump into some scripture. Um, dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you've blessed us with. Uh, I pray that you would speak uh, through me today and that you would just um, let what you're saying be heard and not what I'm saying. Um, I also pray for Jordan Kelly right now as she's going into labor. I pray that everything would go smoothly there um, and that you would just give the doctors wisdom with everything and that that delivery would go smoothly uh, as they welcome new life into the world. And I thank you for all that you've given us. I pray that we would honor you today and glorify you in all that we do. In your name I pray, amen. All right, so the scripture I wanna go over today is um, Luke 9, 23 through 25. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to that right now. I always think it's fun when the person asks everyone to turn in their Bibles because you just hear the flutter of like 100 papers going at once. It sounds pretty cool. All right, and if you don't have a Bible, I think we should have that up on the screen as well. But uh, it says, then he said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world but lose or forfeit their very self? Um, so this is a verse that we hear a lot and you hear the term um, pick up your cross daily um, very often. And so I kinda wanna talk about what that means, because it's something that um, we hear a lot, but it hasn't been until recently that I've really stopped and broken down um, for myself what that means. So the first thing we see in the verse is we see three commandments, and those commandments are to deny yourself, to take up your cross, and to follow me. So, like I said, 
we often hear the term, take up your cross daily, but I think it's a little bit foreign to us right now because the cross is no longer a part of our culture like it was back when this scripture was actually written. Um, so I wanna take a second to look at what the cross actually meant, what it represented um, back when this verse was written. Um, so as you guys know, the cross was used for the lowliest of low criminals and they would be publicly executed and crucified on a cross. So the cross was very, very shameful because if you were being executed on the cross, then you were just, it was the um, worst form of shame that anyone could uh, really ever have. And it was also um, very full of suffering. As you guys know, we see in the scripture, Jesus was um, beaten and bruised and he went through a lot of suffering um, on that cross. And then finally, the cross ultimately leads to death. Um, the people that would be beaten and thrown up on the cross, and if that hadn't killed them yet, then a guard would come and they would break their legs so that they wouldn't be able to get any lung oxygen to their lungs, and eventually they would suffocate and die. So when we say that we're going to take up our cross daily, we're saying that we're gonna take on all those things for the sake of Christ. We're accepting suffering and shame for Christ's sake. And I'm gonna come back to this idea of suffering and shame a lot in this message, so I wanna define what I mean when I say suffering for Christ. Suffering for Christ is any ill treatment or discomfort undergone for the sake of righteousness. Um, I'm gonna say that one more time so that we can get it good in our minds. Suffering for Christ is any ill treatment or discomfort undergone for the sake of righteousness. So when I refer back to that throughout the message, I specifically mean um, suffering for the sake of Christ. So there comes an issue with um, picking up our cross daily, and it is that we, at least I, don't like suffering and shame. It's not fun. Um, so this is where the idea of self-denial comes into play, because our self hates the idea of suffering, of being put to shame. And it'll put out all the stops to avoid going through any suffering or experiencing any shame. No one likes to be out of their comfort zone, to be embarrassed. Um, and so we have to deny that part of ourselves that, that doesn't like that. Um, and we have to choose to take up our cross. We have to, in order to take up our cross, we have to deny ourselves. Um, we have to choose Jesus. It's a conscious decision to choose Jesus over a shame-free and suffering-free life. Um, Self-denial is the first step to being able to pick up our cross daily. Um, so with this in mind, I wanna define taking up our cross daily as this. And if you're taking notes, this would be a, a good thing to write down. And I think we might get it up on the board as well. Um, taking up your cross daily is the act of consciously choosing to ignore selfish desires and embracing any shame and suffering that may come along with choosing to follow Christ. I'll say that one more time. Taking up your cross daily is the act of consciously choosing to ignore selfish desires and embracing any shame and suffering that may come along with choosing to follow Christ. Now, um, as I continue, I wanna note one thing. Uh, the reason I'm talking about this is not at all because I have mastered picking up my cross daily or that I've mastered self-denial. Uh, I chose to talk about this subject because it's something that I really struggle with. Um, this is something that God's really been working on in my life. 
um, and it's not at all easy. So as we go forward, I don't want you guys to think that I'm saying I've got this all together. Um, this is just what God has been teaching me and something that I've really been struggling with recently. Um, and so I want to just share that with you guys. Um, the thing for me is I find it really easy to do all of the Christian things. Uh, I'll read my Bible, I'll come to church, I'll uh, praise Jesus during the worship music, and I do all of the things that look like I'm following God. But the issue is I place value on the actions I take to look like a Christian rather than truly denying myself and following God. We want so bad to be comfortable and to fit into our culture that we won't do anything that isn't in our little bubble of comfort. You know, it doesn't make sense for us to do things that will embarrass us or that don't really fit in with what the rest of the world is doing. And so we won't do any of that. We just stay in our little comfort zone and do all the actions that make it look like we're following God, but really we're not stepping out of our comfort zone and denying ourselves to follow God. It's not cool to be the guy in our cult that says no to our culture um, and that, let's see, where, I, where am I? I lost my spot. <laughs> yeah, it's not cool to be the guy that says no to the cultural sins that we see so often. You know, we easily just disregard sins um, and it's not cool to be the guy that's saying no to those things. Or it's not cool to be the guy who says, hey, maybe we shouldn't talk about them that way behind their back when someone's not in the room. It's not cool to be the guy who says no to going out and getting drinks after work or on the weekends. It's not cool to do the things or to not do the things that are just so culturally accepted but really aren't what God has called us to. I've heard this said, and I think this is a really cool thing, and I couldn't tell you who said it. I just heard it in a song, um, but I think it's really neat, and I'd, I'd like you to write it down if you're taking notes. And we might get this up on the board too. Um, it says, we blend in so well with the world that we are unable to direct any attention out of the world, and that's where God is. And I think that's really neat because oftentimes we may not be doing anything necessarily wrong, but we're just blending in so well with the world that nobody sees a difference in us, and no one is directing any attention out of this world where God is. So if we are deciding to deny ourselves and pick up our cross and live for Christ when we wake up, there should be something different about us. We shouldn't look the same as everybody else. We shouldn't blend in because we don't have the same goal as everybody else. You see, our goal is to glorify God no matter what suffering or shame that may bring. And so the idea of taking on suffering and shame for Christ, it, it, that kind of seems unfair to us because we feel like you know, if we live for God and we live for Christ, then everything should be pleasant and happy. But that's not at all what the Bible tells us. And this is interesting, this is kind of what um, Grant and Sammy and Emma and Haley talked about in their Sunday school class, if any of you guys were in there. Um, they talked about how if we're gonna be a Christian, then we will undergo suffering, that's gonna happen. Um, we see that in scripture um, here in Acts 9, 15 through 16. Um, God is talking to Ananias here, and he's telling him to go lay hands on Saul um, to heal his eyes. And he says to Ananias, go, this man, this man being Saul, um, is a chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings, to the people of Israel. 
I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. God chose Saul as an instrument to proclaim the gospel, and he says that he will suffer for his name's sake. We typically think of Saul as being chosen to proclaim the gospel. His name gets changed to Paul. He writes a lot of really awesome books that we read in the Bible, and um, he does a lot of really great things for Christ. But what we don't always realize is that in being chosen to be an instrument for God, he was also chosen to undergo suffering for God. If we are truly following, under God, following God, we will undergo some form of suffering for his name. Um, that's just going to be inevitable, and it's going to come up in our Christian life if we're truly choosing to deny ourselves and to follow God. For us here in America, that might not be anything too crazy, you know? Uh, we support missionaries here at the House of Prayer that undergo real persecution just because they claim to be a Christian. Um, but here in America, it might not be as terrible. It just, it may be judgment um, from people that we would stand up for Christ. You know, it might just kind of be that um, sort of judgment that we feel from other people that is just not comfortable. Uh, it could be the missing out, the disappointment of missing out on something that we wanted to do, but we know probably isn't something that would honor God. I think that's something that everyone can relate to. Um, there's often situations that we're put in where we want to go do something, or you know maybe people are going out and doing something after work, or friends going out on the weekend, and you know that that wouldn't be honoring to God, and so you have the disappointment of missing out on something like that. And here's a big one. It could be it could be changing our future plans to conform with God's plan for our lives rather than our plan for our lives. This is a really tough one because um, when we get in our head what we want to do, we definitely don't want to change that. At least I don't. Um, I can be very stubborn sometimes when I, get, when I get something in my head that I want to do. But <laughs> my dad is a great example, Pastor Jeff, of someone who changed his plans entirely multiple times in his life um, because it, his plans didn't line up exactly with God's plan. Originally, he planned to go play um, football in college, but he was led to go to a Bible college instead, and that is where he met my mom, and obviously that was a great thing because I'm here now, so that was a big plus. Um, after that, he became a firefighter in Gwinnett County. Um, but then one day God called him to come here to the house of prayer. And again, that's led for him being our, our pastor today. Um, so if we're denying ourselves and, and actually following God, his plans come first, even if it seems completely impossible or completely inconvenient. Um, Hebrews 11.25 talks about Moses choosing God over his own comfort. And it says this, it says, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. We are faced with this decision every day. We have the choice to either deny ourselves and embrace the suffering for Christ, or we can choose the fleeting pleasures of sin. You know, oftentimes we think that it's really tough to deny ourselves, and, and it, it can be. Um, but we don't realize is that what we're choosing over God is completely temporary and fleeting. Um, the things that we're going to choose over God aren't going to last at all. And if we choose God, that's going to be the only thing that's actually eternal. Um, so in order to, to properly make this decision between um, choosing to follow Christ or choosing to just pursue 
earthly passions and fleeting pleasures to sin, I think we need to zoom out a bit. Um, it always helps me to kind of back up and, and look at the big pictures. Because um, all of our reality, and I know all of you guys know this, but our reality is that we are all sinners. And I don't think anyone here would argue with me on that. I know my parents wouldn't tell me that I wasn't a sinner. Um, but we're all sinners, and that, that's told us in Romans 3.23. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So God tells us everyone's sinned. Now, the issue with this is that the penalty for sin is eternal death, shame, and suffering. Um, and that is in Romans 6.23. Or 6, it says, um, for the penalty of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So our deserved treatment, since we're sinners and the penalty for sin is death, our deserved treatment is more suffering than we can even comprehend. It's eternal separation from any hope, joy, or love because God is the source of all of those things. So anything good or holy that we have in this life, our penalty, what we deserve is to be separated from any of that because we deserve to be separated from God. We deserve to go um, ultimately to, to hell. We deserve eternal death and condemnation. But um, the second half of that verse says the gift of God is eternal life through his son Jesus. So instead of experiencing this eternal suffering, Jesus took our place and bore all of this suffering on the cross. So we had this reality that we were supposed to die and have an eternity in hell of just awful suffering. But God took that for us on the cross. Um, Jesus didn't just die for us on the cross though. What we have to remember is that Jesus died instead of us on the cross. Um, that should have been us. He literally carried his cross. He literally picked up his cross. Um, for my sins and for your sins, and he bore all of our suffering and pain that we were supposed to have for eternity. Consider this, God saved us from unending suffering in a lake of fire, and we don't even speak up for him because we don't wanna face momentary embarrassment. We're so concerned with our appearance here in this world that we forget that what we deserve is eternal suffering, and we won't even with, go under any little bit of inconvenience for Christ, even though he took that suffering for us. The other day, um, I was in a gas station. Um, I was going in to work, and I always go get a Red Bull before work. Um, it just gets me through the day. Um, and so I went and got to the, to the checkout when I was talking to the clerk, and I felt God leading me to pray for the clerk. Um, but there was a handful of people in the store and it was kind of tight. I was getting close to when I needed to be at work. And I thought, no, this would be a little bit embarrassing. There's a lot of people here. They're all going to hear me. Uh, I don't want to embarrass the clerk. I don't want to embarrass myself. And so I just walked out, walked out of the store. Jesus endured the cross for me and saved me from eternity in hell. And I wouldn't follow his lead because I didn't want people to look at me funny. Jesus bore the cross for me. He took my place and bore all of that discomfort instead of me. And I wouldn't ask someone if I could pray for them because I thought it might be a little bit embarrassing. 
that just that, that doesn't add up at all. Sometimes we don't realize the weight of Jesus' sacrifice. You know, we're pretty, we're pretty far removed from that. It happened 2,000 years ago. Um, and so we forget the weight of his sacrifice, and we just go about our lives reaping the benefits of his grace. And we never step out of our comfort zone to actually live for him. Um, just like that, that quote said earlier, where we blend in so well with the world that we are unable to direct any attention out of the world, and that's where God is. In order to follow God in that gas station, I needed to, to deny myself, like the first part, part of our verse in Luke says. I needed to say no to the part of me that was saying, no, this is embarrassing. This won't, this won't look right. This isn't what our culture does. I needed to say no to that. That needed to be denied. Then I needed to pick up my cross. I needed to embrace the slight awkwardness and follow God's leading. And that was the suffering I needed to pick up today, just the, the little bit of awkwardness that it would be for me to ask if I could pray for that person. But that day in that gas station, my comfort zone was more important to me than Jesus' sacrifice. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross either. He, he begged God to let this cup pass him. He said, God, is there any other way that, that we could um, save these people from etern- for eternity? He was so intently praying and asking God um, to pass this cup on that blood vessels burst in his face. He was stressing over the cross that much. But then he said to God, not my will, but yours. God knows that we may not want to do some of the things that he leads us to do. He knows that sometimes they might not be convenient. But I find this both encouraging and and freeing because we aren't called to want to suffer for God. Jesus didn't want to suffer for God. He didn't want to go to the cross. But we are called to obey regardless. We are called to deny ourselves, to deny the part of our flesh that says, no, that's embarrassing that says, I don't want to do that because it's not how this, it doesn't blend in with everyone else. We're called to deny that just as Jesus denied himself in the garden and followed um, his father's will. So that's kind of why I think it's very important to pick up our cross daily. Um, But I also want to talk about how we can practically do that. Um, And I think the first thing that's very important to note when we're looking at practically picking up our cross daily is that um, God isn't going to give us a command just that we blindly follow it. He's always going to have a reason and a reward for for following him. It's not just going to be, you know, follow me because I said so. Um, You know, he's going to have a reward for that, for sure. And so we see this in the next verse in Luke. Um, We look at verse 25, I believe it is. Let's see. Yeah, it says, um, what, good, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, let lo- yet lose or forfeit their very self? Um, so God's demonstrating here just the vanity of, of placing our hope in things of this world. Pretty much he's saying it's not worth just trying to fit into our culture of the world and put our value in gaining things here on earth because none of this is going to matter in eternity at all. Um, 
If we focus on the things of this world, we'll miss out completely on our real purpose here, which is to bring glory to God and to lead others to Him. That's like why we're here. We are literally here so that we can glorify God, and God's called us to bring others into that glory as well. Um, so if we, I, something that I think is, is interesting to do on, on um, some of these verses like this, it reads, let's see, where did it go? What good does it do for someone to gain the whole world, let you, you, wow, I'm all tied up, yet lose or forfeit their very self? So what I want to do is I want to invert this verse, and I'm going to have a disclaimer here that this is not in the Bible. This is Quartz. Um, translation here, but I want to invert this verse, and I think if we were to do that, it would read something like this. It would profit a man if he put aside the cares of this world so that he might gain his soul. I want to read that one more time so it sinks in. It would profit a man if he put aside the cares of the world so that he might gain his soul. We have to step out of the cultural normals of our world. We have to step out of our comfort zone and maybe into a little bit of awkwardness and a little bit of suffering in order to gain our soul. And that's God's promise to us. He's saying if we, if we um, pick up our cross daily, then we are gonna gain our soul. And, and we, can, we can focus on picking up our cross daily every day and build up treasures in heaven. And that's another promise that that the Bible gives us in Matthew, I believe it is uh, 6, 19 through 20. Uh, and I think we'll have that one up on the board. Um, we're told to uh, not build up treasures in, on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but to build up treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Um, so God, God's promising us that if we are going to follow him, deny ourselves, and pick up our cross, that we're going to reap a reward for that. Um, and I think that that's something very important to remember, that we're not just blindly following God because he said so, but we're doing this um, with the promise of a reward. So um, as we go into the day choosing to pick up our cross, we have promise from God to, that we will yield eternal riches from that. And another really neat verse is... 1 Peter 3.14, and it says, but even if we should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed, and do not fear their intimidation, and do not be troubled. And I think this is a really cool verse, because it says, even when we suffer for righteousness, we are blessed. And it says, don't be troubled by that. This is a part of God's plan. This isn't a surprise to him that, that people... Um, will treat us differently because we're a Christian. It says that um, we'll be blessed and we shouldn't fear that intimidation. So when we choose to pick up our cross, we are choosing to live for Christ despite any suffering that may come our way. And God gives us a promise that if we should suffer for Christ, then we will be blessed. So as we go through life suffering for Christ, we have the hope that that is leading to eternal blessings. It's not just suffering for Christ and thinking, man, why am I doing this? Why is it worth being a Christian and following God? It is worth it because this is giving us eternal blessings and this is saving us from eternal suffering. So now that we have the hope, um, now that we know the hope that we have, if we deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow Christ, 
what does it actually look like day to day? Um, and I think that it, what it looks like day to day is it means that we're going to follow the example that Christ has given us. We are disciples of Christ, and the word disciple literally means follower. So we need to look at the commandments Christ has given us. We need to look at the things he said, the way he lived, and we need to mimic that in our daily lives. Christ has told us to love others. He's told us to do everything as if it's under the Lord. He has told us to treat people how we wish to be treated. And he has told, called us to bring the gospel to the people around us. These are all commandments in the Bible. These are all things that we see Jesus doing. And so if we are choosing to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow God, these are things that we should be doing every day. If we're loving others, then we're not talking ill of people. If we're treating others as ourselves, then we would be helping the people that we see in need. If we are, um, well, this is a big one for me, uh, if we're doing everything under the Lord, then all the little things that we're doing every day shouldn't be done half-heartedly or, or slacking off. Um, if I'm choosing to pick up my cross daily, that means I'm choosing to do everything with the goal of serving God. This means that at work, I shouldn't be slacking off because although I'm simply going to be waiting tables for Cicely's Pizza, I am also serving God in that. Um, and, you know, sometimes I have had opportunities waiting tables at Sicily's to pray for people and to talk with people about Christ. Um, and, you know, if we are leave, living by Christ's example all the time, then opportunities like that will come up um, and God will place those in our lives. You know, when I'm tired at the end of a shift and I just want to go home, I had a really long shift last night and I was ready to go home. Um, and I was cleaning that restaurant, and I have to remember that in cleaning the restaurant, I'm also serving God, because God calls me to do everything as if it's unto Him. The other day, this was a couple weeks ago, I was sweeping the store after a long shift, and I noticed uh, we have these little crayons that we give out to the kids. Um, and I noticed a couple crayons were shoved up, up under one of these booths. And I thought to myself, no one's gonna know if I leave those crayons there. Like, I only saw them because I was like leaning down with this paper towel and stuff. Like no one would know if I left those there. And so I started to walk away, but then in the back of my head, um, I heard the Lord say to me, if you were cleaning this restaurant for me, would you leave those crayons there? And it's the tiniest little thing. You know, it really is, it's not this big act of anything for God. But the answer is no. If I'm doing everything under the God, then I'm not going to be slacking off in my job. I'm not going to be slacking off in my schoolwork, and I'm not going to be slacking off in my relationships with people, with my family, with my friends. If I'm truly doing everything under God, then I'm going to be focused on doing everything well and um, doing everything for His glory. And another big one um, is that we are called to, to share the gospel and to be a light to the people around us. This means that it shouldn't be weird for me to play, pray for that gas station clerk. Because if I'm following God, that's the example that he set. He has called me to share the gospel. So it shouldn't, it shouldn't be this unheard of thing for me to want to go up and pray for that uh, gas station clerk. Uh, it shouldn't be weird for me to invite a friend to church. Um, it shouldn't be weird 
for me to ask a fellow believer how they're doing in their walk. These are little things that sometimes we, we find so odd or uncomfortable to do. But the truth is that if we're following God, these are things that should be normal to us. They should be something that we do all the time. It really shouldn't be something that's uh, very far off for me to simply be following the example of Christ. Um, but all these things, they don't fit in with our culture. And they do seem weird to a non-believer or someone who hasn't actually decided to pick up their cross daily. But we are called to deny ourselves. It says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. So we are called to deny the part of us that's saying, no, that's weird. I don't, I don't want to do that because that seems off. That, that doesn't line up with what everybody else is doing. We have to learn to deny that and say, I'm going to follow God regardless. Um, so believe it or not, a few days ago, I went back to that gas station that I was telling you about earlier, and I asked if I could pray for the clerk. And it didn't lead to any crazy salvation um, or anything like that, but it was, what was important about it is that I follow God's lead. I felt the commandment from God to, to go back to this guy and then pray for him. And so that's what I did. And I had the opportunity to redeem myself and another crazy thing was, even though it didn't lead to any salvation or anything crazy, it also, it didn't kill me. It wasn't the end of the world. I was fine. Um, no one, you know, persecuted me and, and, and took me out and stoned me or anything like that. It was perfectly fine. He had a prayer request and I prayed for him right there. Um, so it's not going to be as big of a deal as you think sometimes just to follow God's lead. You see, sometimes we're so afraid of not being in step that we blend in with our culture and nobody's saying, like, wow, look at God. Because we're, we're just being too focused on being in step and blending in with everyone else. You know, we don't want to be the person who, who does the thing that um, we're called to do. And th that's resulting in um, no one being like, you know, look, look at the house of prayer. Well, I take that back. I actually have heard a lot of people say that, that um, people from the House of Prayer are extra uh, loving and kind and stuff. But a lot of times our, our church body as a whole isn't getting the recognition that, that it should have um, because we're, we're too worried about blending in with our culture and we need to step out of that. Um, so I want to do something as a church this morning and this is something... Um, that I've been doing personally the past, uh, past week or so, and I want you guys to, to join me in this. Um, so, so let's decide this morning uh, to deny ourselves this week and bring attention to God. Um, so this is my challenge that uh, I've been doing myself, and I want to extend it to you guys as well. And I'm going to leave you with this challenge right here. Um, I want you to ask God every morning for the next week, when you wake up, when you do your Bible time, or when you have your morning cup of coffee, um, and I want you to pick out one thing, um, one activity that you do every morning. So it might be you, go to the, you wake up and you read your Bible, or if you don't read your Bible in the morning, it might be you wake up, you go get your cup of coffee. Um, and I want you to ask God during that activity, so that you remember every morning, God, where do I need to deny myself in my life this week, today? And I want you to say, God, will you give me the opportunities to follow you this week, follow you today, 
despite any suffering or shame it might bring. As I know that you took the ultimate shame and suffering in my place. So I want you to ask God two things. First thing, where can I deny myself? And secondly, will you give me opportunities to deny myself and follow you despite any shame or suffering it might bring? But I don't want you to take this prayer lightly um, as you are asking God to give you opportunities to suffer for him. So when these opportunities come up, and they will, I want you to be ready, um, and I also will work on being ready myself to deny yourself and follow God. But remember that you're not doing this blindly. You're doing this with a promise from God, a promise for eternal blessings. So I wanna pray with you guys right now. I wanna pray that God will give us strength um, to deny ourselves and follow him. So let's bow our heads together and let's pray. Uh, Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all that you've given us. Um, And I thank you for the sacrifice of your son, God, as we are sinners and we deserved eternal suffering, eternal separation from you. But he took that in our place, God. And so I pray that we would have the strength to say, you know what, I deserve death but I've been given the second opportunity. And so I pray that we would have the strength to undergo any suffering that, that comes along our way as opportunities to serve you, God. And, and when we're f- faced with those opportunities, um, and when we're faced with those tough decisions where, where we could choose you, or we could cho- choose the fleeting pleasures of sin, God, I pray that we would um, have the strength to choose you in that. I pray that we will be able to deny ourselves this week I pray that you would show each and every one of us, God, um, where we need to deny ourselves this week and where we need to follow you instead. I pray all this in your son's name. Amen. We've had a lot of awesome students help this morning, uh, all giving up their time and their energy and and willing to embarrass themselves in any different thing. If we give a big round of applause to them, please. Thank you all so much. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing, and I thank you for all these students that served and brought your truth today and and led us in worship and taught Sunday school and and held the doors open and everything that was going on. We praise you for those things, God, and the testimonies we heard. We pray that you would uh, move now through this church as you are doing, and you'd help us to rise to the challenge that court gave us through your word. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a good one. Be sure to grab a book.